Hi, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Empowering Dietitians podcast, where each week I dive into a specific topic to help you feel more confident and connected to your work as a dietitian. The last week of every month, like this one, I air a special monthly reflections episode where I share some insights I've picked up and what I'm going to be focusing on in the month ahead. Today, I'm bridging the gap between last week's episode on diet culture in the wedding industry and this week's monthly reflections by sharing how I handled the sheer overwhelm, anxiety, and stress I experienced from all of the wedding, planning, and juggling demands that I faced early this month. I'm also sharing some important news about how this podcast is going to function during my honeymoon, so stay tuned for that. Folks, we made it, or I made it. This might be one of the first summers where I've been counting down the days until it's over. It isn't that I want summer itself to be over. That certainly could not be further from the truth. It's that I need this darn wedding to be over. And the fact that this is the last episode of August means I'm that much closer to being done with all of this nonsense. Before I dive into today's episode, I wanted to also add a little addendum or follow-up to last week's episode, which was all about the wedding industry, and more specifically about how diet culture and patriarchy impact the wedding industry and everyone involved in it, aka us. If you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it. Now, if you really don't want to hear this addendum, you can probably skip ahead maybe five minutes or so. All right, so I was chatting with a client about the episode, and she shared an article on Reagan Chastain's blog, Dances with Fat, titled, David's Bridal Distributes Unsolicited Diet Propaganda to Plus Size Customers. By the time my client showed me the article, last week's episode was already recorded, edited, scheduled, like the whole nine yards. So I'm going to mention it today because it is a very blatant example of everything discussed in last week's episode. The article, which I'll link in my show notes, I encourage you to read it for yourself. Um, It discusses a TikTok video, which is also in the article, so you can watch it for yourself. Um, The TikTok video is by a woman named Anastasia who bought her plus-size dress at David's Bridal. And then received unsolicited advertisements for Weight Watchers from David's bridal to help her quote unquote reach her goals for her wedding and beyond. It's dressed up as like wedding wellness, but if you listen to last week's episode, uh, you'll understand why this is a facade for straight up weight loss and fat phobia. Now, as a bride, who also purchased my dress from David's Bridal. I didn't get that email. So they are not only peddling fat phobia and weight loss, but they are specifically targeting brides who purchase plus-sized gowns. Now, women in the comments also confirmed this. Plus-sized brides, or brides who bought plus-sized gowns, got an email about Weight Watchers and Brides who bought a straight size or not a plus size did not. As in, David's bridal is choosing 
who they are sending the message to that their body is not good enough and who is going to be shielded from that messaging. As in, they're saying that only plus-size brides should be concerned about their quote-unquote wellness, a.k.a. their bodies. Now, to be clear, even if this wasn't a targeted ad, even if it went out to everyone, it is still wildly problematic. Because think of all of the brides of all sizes who are struggling with eating disorders, a history of dieting, and body image. And then they're getting bombarded with these ads saying that they're not already good enough, that their body needs to be changed. This partnership is inappropriate. Weight Watchers is a diet. Their number one goal is to help people lose weight. They can like zhuzh up their language all they want and add buzzwords like wellness and lifestyle to make it sound more palatable. But every single person I have ever known who has done Weight Watchers has done it specifically to shrink their body. I said it last week and I will say it again. Brides have enough stress on their shoulders during this insane process of wedding planning. The last thing we need is to be bombarded with messages that we aren't bridely enough or pretty enough or worthy enough or healthy enough or whatever enough in order to be brides. That we should also, in the midst of this like gargantuan task of wedding planning, be worried about trying to be our like healthiest, best, most amazing, perfect selves. It has to stop. Now, I I don't want to repeat myself again. (laughs) If you haven't listened to last week's episode, please do. It goes into all of this in much, much more detail. I don't want to be a broken record. Um, This is simply one additional concrete example of how messed up the wedding industry is and how inextricably tangled up in diet culture it is. And if on the off chance that I have been graced today with the presence of an actual David's Bridal rep, I double down on that recommendation. Listen to my episode from last week. And then do better. Come on. Brides have enough to worry about without having all of their insecurities highlighted or being pressured to be their best selves or whatever garbage you're peddling. Stop putting brides on a pedestal. Stop putting weddings on a pedestal. It is so harmful. Can you tell I get fired up about this? Moral of the story. Put pressure on companies like David's Bridal who peddle diet culture disguised as body positivity and wellness. I cannot tell you how many times I saw David's Bridal boasting about their quote-unquote inclusive dress sizes and whatnot. But let me tell you, it means nothing if they're still sending the message that those brides who are buying their inclusive plus-sized dresses should be trying to lose weight. It also doesn't help my, like, getting all riled up. It doesn't help that my tolerance for wedding bullshit is at an all-time low right now. Many married women I've spoken to, when I talk to them about how fed up with all of this I am, refer to this as, like, the F it all point. And I have to say, how messed up is it that we have this point that it's so universally overwhelming that it becomes a collective experience for anyone going through the planning process to like hit a wall of total breakdown? Now, 
to be honest, I kind of wish I had reached this point sooner because it makes planning so much easier once you get past it. See, I've been feeling pretty all overwhelmed this month, uh, not only with the wedding either. I'm also trying to get everything set up for me to go away on my honeymoon and then come back and I'm going to be moving right into the launch of my brand new group dietitian program that I've been working on. So I've got a ton of projects that all have a dozen moving pieces, trying to get them all as ironed out as possible before the wedding. And I'm thinking that maybe some of you can relate to this, maybe not with the wedding planning part specifically, but feeling like you've, you're in like this circus act of a life and you've got these like half dozen spinning plates, you know, those spinning plates that clowns or like acrobats or people will do. I don't know who does them, um, but they've got plates on sticks and they, they spin them and they like balance a million of them all on their like nose and their hands and their arms and shoulders and whatnot. And you're trying to keep them up and moving and spinning all together and you feel like you're going nuts. That's how I feel. <laughs> and so if you can relate to this too. I'm going to explain a little bit in this episode how I responded to this feeling and how I, I kind of moved past it. Now, one day a few weeks ago, it, it really all hit me pretty hard. It was the, the beginning of August, maybe end of July, um, this massive sense of overwhelm and anxiety. So I stopped. I made a list of everything that was causing me stress or anxiety, everything, literally everything. And then I made a list of what I was going to do about it. Now, some of the things I had to let go of. So the what I was going to do about them equated to let them go. Like, for example, worrying about COVID and how it's going to impact the wedding. Because we thought we were in good shape with it, but the numbers are not doing so hot. So there are people who are backing out of attending our wedding. There are changes in what we have to do. And, and all of that is really beyond our control. So I did just that. I wrote down what I could control. Things like tracking vaccination status and negative test statuses of my guests. I can increase ventilation and airflow in the venue. I can make decisions about face coverings, things like that. But I can't actually change what COVID does. I can't actually change what New York State decides about their rules and mandates for pandemic-related gatherings. You know what else is out of my control that was on that list in addition to COVID? Other people's opinions. I have to let those go. You have to let those go too. I have enough legitimate things to worry about. I don't need other people's opinions taking up precious space in my brain. So then what are some of the things that I can control? I can make more downtime for myself. I can unplug more. I've actually been responding to this anxiety about not having enough time to get all these projects done with less work and more rest. I'm aiming to work six-hour days instead of eight. Most of the time, I'm taking Fridays off and doing yoga again because these changes give me the capacity and the resilience to weather the anxiety and the uncertainty and all of the unfinished projects. Doubling down and working harder is the answer I would have given myself 10 years ago. Just push through. Just get to the end of the month. A few more weeks. 
just keep going and then it will be fine. And we always keep pushing that finish line further and further down because there's always more stress. There's always more work to do, right? So we just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And I've learned the hard way <laughs> that doubling down is not it. That saying, just, just put your head down and make it happen. A few more weeks, you can do it. It's not the answer. Now, this isn't comfortable to do. It's not like I'm resting because I've gotten all my work done and I feel great and super confident. No, I have a lot of unfinished projects. Also, because I've got a lot of people helping me. That was the other thing I did was I delegated a lot when this wall hit. And that means that the control freak Virgo in me has to be patient because I can't go in and put my head down and do everything myself. I mean, I could, but other people are helping me. I'm kind of waiting on them. And that's not comfortable, right? It is necessary. I have so many things up in the air. I have to be really serious about what is worthy of my time and what isn't. I have to be really clear on what would be okay if I didn't get it done before the wedding and what things have more serious consequences. And I have to prioritize those. I also have to be really clear on who can help me so that I don't have to do everything myself because I can't, not without hurting myself, not without burning out. And that shift, the shift from feeling overwhelmed, like I'm juggling a half dozen spinning plates, it slowly started to happen. I started to feel calmer, more grounded chipped away at my to-do list, focusing on the most important tasks and priorities. Now, not long after this moment, this sitting down and figuring out what was causing me stress and anxiety and putting it down on paper, because like I tell all the dietitians I work with, when our fears and anxieties and worries live in our heads, they're like bogeymen, right? They become ominous and daunting because they're amorphous. One of my clients refers to them as these like amoebas in our brains. But when we put them down on paper, we make them real, concrete, tangible. We can address them properly. They often don't feel as big and scary and insurmountable as they did in our brains. So after I sat down and put pen to paper and really got it all out of me, I sat down a second time to set my intentions for the month. I was a little late setting them this time around, to be honest, yet it's funny how I wound up already knowing what they were going to tell me or already knowing maybe what I needed them to tell me or what I needed to get out of them. So what did astrologer Chani Nicholas write in her intentions for Virgos and Sagittariuses, my two signs, this month? Exactly what I needed to hear. So here are three affirmations that I pulled from her intentions for this cycle, this lunar cycle, or this month, however you prefer to look at it, to focus on for myself. Number one, I offer up my expectations in exchange for the universe's dream for me. I give myself the rest, number two, I need to trust my inherent knowing. Number three. If I need light to go by, I rely on the one I have within. 
my expectations for my wedding, my honeymoon, how my clients will do while I'm away, what my new group program will look like and how the launch will go, I release all of them. All of those things have already had so many curveballs thrown at them. They all look different from how I expected to them, them to months ago. And I'm sure there are going to be even more curveballs over the next few weeks. So I release my expectations. I surrender them up. I'm not clinging to what I thought any of these events in my life would be like. And instead, I'm focusing on the present moment and how they actually are. And I'm resting unapologetically. I'm using that rest to recharge my intuition, to trust myself to make decisions, and to not get swept up in other people's opinions and pressures. And I'm feeling pretty good about it. So what happens next? Well, um, I'm going to be on a bit of a hiatus for the next six weeks. I'm taking off from September 1st until October 15th-ish. We'll see. Uh, You'll have one new episode for me out next week, Labor Day weekend, since I'll still technically be here. My wedding isn't until the 11th, so I took off starting on the 1st so that I can, you know, tie up loose ends if I need to and really focus on the last-minute wedding stuff, but I figured I can certainly push out one new episode uh, next week. Uh, Then, after the wedding, Justin and I are heading off on a month-long road trip across the country. I'm going to kind of give you some highlights for uh, just as a little fun thing, if you're interested. Um, And we could not be more excited for this. And honestly, I'm pretty sure at this point, I'm more excited about the honeymoon than the wedding. We've planned some of it, but we're also trying to keep it laid back. So we aren't rushing from like one itinerary item to the next. We'll basically be driving straight west to Colorado, up to Yellowstone, over through Salt Lake City and the Salt Flats to Lake Tahoe, over to the Redwood Forests, and down the Pacific Coast Highway to San Francisco and, uh, not Yellowstone, Yosemite. There we go. That's the one. We're going to have a short stop in Vegas for a Cirque du Soleil show and just kind of like see it, experience the strip, and then lots of hiking in Zion, Sedona, and then we're going to be making our way back uh, mostly with foodie stops through Texas, uh, New Orleans, maybe Savannah if we have time. We had to book all of the national park parts of the trip in advance. uh, So that last part working our way back east and north, we're planning to be a little bit more spontaneous and see how we feel. So after next week, instead of new episodes, and also instead of going dark on you for six weeks, I'm going to be re-airing some of my favorite and most valuable episodes from the archives. So you'll still have something to listen to each week. And that may not be your favorite thing. If that's the case, I'll be back with a brand new one starting on October 17th. But I encourage you to give them a listen with an open mind, whether you've heard them once, heard them twice, or they're new episodes to you. Each episode was chosen to really gear us up for what happens when I get back which is an amazing, exciting live event that I'm hosting for free as like a kickoff celebration for this group program that I've been working so hard on all summer. Plus, I know I need to hear things multiple times before they really sink in. So think of this as a nice way to remind yourself of some of the lessons that maybe you're already working on. I'm also still going to be active on Instagram, kind of. 
not like me personally, but my account will be active. I scheduled out regular content to auto post while I'm away. So if you're looking for new content in addition to the archived stuff I'll be sharing on the podcast, then follow me on Instagram at empowering.dietitians. I'll also probably pop into my stories now and then to give you a glimpse of our travels. We'll definitely be like in nature, out of Wi-Fi for some of the time. I definitely want to unplug and be super present because this is like a once in a lifetime type trip. But let's face it, I'm a millennial. I'm sure I'm going to sneak a quick 15 second story in every once in a while too. And I'm really happy with how I've approached this honeymoon. It's been so important to me to be able to unplug. And consistently, I've reminded myself that if that means that my platforms need to go dark for a period of time, then that's what they're going to do. It's clearly not my first choice. I'm, I'm trying to auto-schedule things, but I'm not going to stress about it. I'm not going to be responding to a lot of comments on Instagram. I'm not going to be in DMs very much. If a post fails to upload, then it's just not going to get uploaded. If it glitches, it glitches. If I'm not able to plan ahead for the entire honeymoon, since as of the time that I'm recording this, I still have to finish up content for the first two weeks of October, then guess what? It won't get done. It's okay. I don't have to be infallible. I don't have to look like I've got my act totally together. I don't have to be on all the time. And neither do you. So... I want to challenge you, take some time to unplug with me. Take some time to rest. These last few weeks of summer, they're such a good time for it. The fall gets so busy so fast. Soak up some slowness now. Take care of yourself. I'll be back before you know it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowering Dietitians podcast. If you're looking for more content like this to help you overcome burnout, imposter feelings, and limiting beliefs that are holding you back from feeling confident and passionate about your work, grab my free 10-day journal for dietitians at www.empoweringdietitians.com free. In 10 short days, I'll guide you through your first steps of overcoming burnout and imposter feelings and get you on the path to feeling more confident as a dietitian. Again, the link to grab your copy is www.empoweringdietitians.com F-R-E-E. And one last thing, if you found this episode valuable, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with your dietitian friends and leave a positive review. Those two things help this podcast reach more dietitians who need to hear these messages. And together, we can really start to change the landscape of our profession for the better.